When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I am Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. Michigan football has a new schedule for next season. What changed and what can be expected of the Wolverines in 2021? We tackle those questions, plus some recruiting news on this episode of Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, good to talk to you again. How are you two doing? Trying to stay warm. It's freaking cold outside. Single digits. Yes, it's cold. I need a new battery for my car. Still haven't caught the raccoons in my attic. I mean, you <laughs> I know. got a lot going on, Andrew. Yes. We, <laughs> the fact that we haven't touched on the raccoon. Is it raccoons, plural? N- not 100% sure. The, the, the pest or critter control guy said, if you hear like squealing or anything, that it, pro- it probably means there's more. And it also found out it's mating season. So that's fun. <laughs> But I, I, ha- I heard squealing like early on, and I haven't heard it since. So maybe they didn't find a connection and one <laughs> raccoon kicked out the other. I'm not sure. There's more than one raccoon in there. Let's be real. Well, let's yeah. hope if it's mating season, let's hope there's more than one. Because if not, who, who's the next warm body in that apartment <laughs> that, that raccoon's looking for? Oh, uh, not even funny. Yeah, raccoon. it's not many. <laughs> How do you sleep? Are you sleeping? I'm starting to now that the guy came and set the traps and said that they're not, they're probably content with just being in the attic and won't likely try and break into the living area. But the first week living at my new place, I, yeah, like I would hear it at night and I just, my heart would start racing and like, I just couldn't sleep. It was terrible. I was wake up and start making sports wagers for the next day. And (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Um, Uh, So, yeah, I mean, I've been better, but yeah, you know, we got some other, we have stuff to talk about. We so do have fun. some other stuff to talk about. Michigan football released its, its schedule for 2021. And I just want to start off with this little little quick anecdote. My good friend, Rob, I'd call him a loyal listener, but that would be a you know, slap in the face to our actual loyal loyal listeners. But he's got, he sent me a picture when the new schedule came out of a magnetic schedule that he purchased that had both 2020 and 2021 Michigan football schedules on it. Neither one of them remotely close to the actual schedules. Cause you know, of course last year has got completely revamped in this year. Wait, they've now. already released magnet schedules for 2021. This was back in 2019, early 2020. He bought it because it was, you can it, buy those like years the next two years. Yeah. Next oh, two years, right. you know, magnetic schedules. I- I thought those were given away like in the, the like the first game of the year. I hope it was giveaways. a giveaway. I hope it was a giveaway for his sake because it was uh it, if not, it was a poor purchase. Talk with Rob then if that's not <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, we've we've got our games here. You know, the non-conference is all at home this year. Uh so the nine game non-conference, you only have if it's a year where you have four at home. Uh, and five on the road, but you make up for it with the, the three home games in the non-conference, Western Michigan, Washington, and Northern Illinois. doesn't get me very excited. I mean, Washington, <laughs> we'll see where they're ranked, but uh, that's not particularly exciting. Slate, then you get Rutgers at home, at Ooh. Wisconsin, at Nebraska, a bye, then Northwestern at home, at Michigan State, Indiana, at Penn State, 
at Maryland and close with Ohio State at home. So they, you know, it's official Michigan State and Ohio State are off years now as far as which one's home and which one's away for your two chief rivals. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And you get, you get Ohio state and Penn state now, you know, different years too, as far as maybe those are the two better teams. So I don't know, all in all, um, it was Wisconsin, uh, Northwestern as your cross and Nebraska as your crossover. So yeah, I don't know. What, what are your, what are your takeaways from, from the 2021 football schedule? It's before I guess to get my thoughts. Important to point out that none of the opponents changed. So before uh, Friday, because this this revised schedule was released Friday uh, on Big Ten Network, it was important to point out that this the schedule was out beforehand. That at least that's what the, these teams are under the impression they were going to have a schedule. But the opponents haven't changed. So all these opponents that are on the schedule currently were already scheduled to play Michigan. It just a few games are rearranged. So. So why are we talking about this then? <laughs> well, I, I've got a couple. I've got a couple takeaways. I mean, I, I don't think it. I don't think it helped Michigan here. Um, <clears throat> they they opened against Rutgers. That was always going to be the case. Uh, then they're going to go to Wisconsin. That was on the original schedule. But then after the the Wisconsin game, October second, they have to go to Nebraska. So that's back to back Big Ten West opponents. They have to fly to and and make the trek across the Midwest to in uh, two places where you know a it's difficult to win. And B, it's Michigan. I mean, in Nebraska's case, Michigan hasn't played there in several years. So it's to me that's that's an early, certainly an early challenge for Michigan after the three game non conference schedule, which, like you said, Andrew, I think is pretty winnable. Um, we'll have to see how, how how Washington is, but mm-hmm. you know, it's an opportunity for Michigan to get off on a, on a good foot. Um, but you know, before in the original schedule, Michigan was going to go to Wisconsin October second, and they weren't going to go to Nebraska until the end of October that end of October date has been now replaced by the Michigan state game. So there's some shuffling there in the middle of the schedule. That's kind of changed things for Michigan that it creates that back to back in the big 10 West. Uh, and, and while Nebraska wasn't very good last year, I mean, it's to me, it's still a competitive game. It's still going to be a, a tough game for Michigan. And as we've seen the last few years, Michigan has really major issues trying to win in Madison. I mean, they've, they've lost their last two there. Uh, the last meeting was a blowout. So it's, it's certainly, you know, while, while maybe the original schedule is a little bit easier, uh, the revised schedule, I don't think helps situation. Yeah. Scott Frost has got to turn it around at some point, right? No, he does not. But <laughs> the crossover, but you got Wisconsin, you got Northwestern, Northwestern, you know, the, the Big Ten West champs last year. I, I don't want to discount Washington. It's hard to say. It was their first year, you know, without Chris Peterson, Jimmy Lake took over as, as head coach. They went three and one. You know, I mean, keep in mind, Michigan, <laughs> Michigan kind of dodged a bullet not having to go out there for that game because I think all most of us ch- chalked that up as an automatic loss. I mean, keep in mind, it was originally a two, two year, two game deal yep. where Michigan was going to go out there first and Washington was going to reciprocate and come here. As far as I know, that game in Washington isn't going to happen, at least not anytime soon. So yeah. Michigan certainly, you know, benefits from that, that cancellation. Yeah. I mean, I would, I would hope they tried to get that back on the books. I mean, again, we saw with, we saw this year that games can be scheduled kind of on the fly, but I don't know. They, Michigan does have contracts at least for 2022, uh, 2023, three, three non-conference opponents in, in all those years. Now we're, we're saying this year isn't very exciting. Don't get me started on next, on next year, 2022, Colorado state, Hawaii and Connecticut are your three non-conference, but, but, but wait, it gets better or worse. However you want to look at it. The following year, East Carolina, UNLV and Bowling Green are your non-conference. So get your season tickets early for that one. You know, then they start going places like Texas the, the year after that, Oklahoma is down the road. Notre Dame comes back on the schedule when, you know, this podcast will be, uh, 
25 years old. Um, <laughs> but, you know, we'll see. We'll see how, how it that's, all shapes out. That's key because remember these these few years, these immediate next three years you're talking about where these, they have these so quote-unquote cupcake non-conference schedules. Michigan was supposed to play UCLA. They were supposed to play Virginia Tech. They were supposed to play, I think, Texas was on the books and they're no longer there. So, so it's possible Michigan gets out of those deals in the future. We'll see. But yeah, and they're, they certainly have lightened their non-conference schedule load a bit. I mean, I would say that the schedule, even for this year, given that all the changes that happened from this past year and teams trying to mix and match, I would say it's written in in pencil. You know, last year's was written in in the sand, you know, with your finger where the waves are coming in. You know, at any moment it could change. But this year it's it's pencil. But yeah, I mean, I think it's I think overall for me, it's good that Ohio State and Michigan State aren't the same years, right? Because I mean, they they weren't for so long, and then you had that conference restructuring, divisional realignment and all of a sudden they got on the same years and i know michigan fans like they they didn't like that because it made every other year's home schedule less appealing yeah it's it's better value i think for the season ticket holders like like you said instead of getting i mean it goes away it's like one year you would get michigan like you said michigan state and ohio state at home which is great i mean you get both rivals it's it's a loaded schedule but then the next year neither both of them on the road so it, it certainly balances things out a little bit more if you're a player or a coach, I don't think it matters much because you're going to play them anyway. I, and I don't think, you know, I don't think players really care, you know, if they're, they're going home or road, you know, it, it alternates every other year anyway. So it's, I don't think it matters as much to them, but from a, from a fan standpoint, I can certainly see why this would be ideal. Of course, will fans be in the stands uh, in 2021 at the big house? You know, will it be packed? Will it be fewer? I, I have to imagine there will be fans, but whether it'll be full or not, I don't know. It's hard to say uh, here on February 11th. They are. I mean, they, they did announce last week that they're going to begin accepting season ticket renewals April 1. Uh, so Michigan, certainly, it sounds like they're, they've they've started the process of, of mm-hmm. gathering you know interest in, in season ticket holders and the like. But like you said, I don't know what stadium capacity is going to be like. I suspect if things stay like they are now or perhaps get and hopefully get better by the time you know this fall rolls around, they can have, you know, 50% capacity maybe. I know there were some SEC schools and some schools down south that were rolling with what 20, 30%. I, I could certainly see that. But again, I, I think whatever the decision is made, I think it's going to be at the Big Ten level again. Uh, because remember, it was a Big Ten's call to not allow public purchase of tickets for home games. Now, some stadiums were letting parents and family members in for certain games. Michigan, the state of Michigan restricted that toward the end of the season. So I, I suspect whatever ends up happening, it'll probably be another Big Ten level call, especially if, if restrictions are still in place in, in certain states. Do you guys have any other comments on Michigan football scheduling or should we move to recruiting? Next, let's move well, on. Oh, one more, one more thing. Oh. Zook, Zook, was, Zook was done before we started. So, <laughs> hang on. The Michigan does get Ohio State at home again. Now that was expected. That was on the original schedule, but that that means I think it's that's two straight games. Michigan gets Ohio State at home. Now I'm not saying that's going to mean anything. I think Ohio State's going to be a loaded program again. They're going to probably be the favorite to win the Big Ten. I suspect that'll probably they'll probably do it again. Um, but uh, it, it is noteworthy, I guess, in, in terms of the rivalry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ryan, why don't you tell us about recruiting then? What's been happening lately since our last episode? Uh, A lot's been going on. A lot more offers, a lot more interest in in, in players, and and a pair of four-star players that have been added into the 2022 class. uh, Two Tennessee prospects that, that committed 
think it was yeah last week now and it's i mean the the maurice linguist effect is is starting to uh to take effect here they landed uh, uh safety taylor groves and and an athlete cody jones who is projected to, to likely play corner uh, at the, the college level two positions of need for for the wolverines and both are, are top 300 prospects um so i mean the mission or uh linguist just offered them um since he took over took over and uh build a quick rapport with both and they felt comfortable pulling the trigger so a couple of nice little wins there for for michigan early on in the 2022 class yeah i mean they're, they're rolling right now staff certainly had playing a factor they're getting guys they're getting highly touted guys they're making inroads in, in other areas other states where i think they need to um, but like like before i mean they're going to get talent michigan will get talent i think no matter what what staff they put together it, the key is going to be developing these guys and turning these guys into next level athletes that that can compete with the Ohio states and compete on the national level. So we'll see. I mean, some of these guys coming in right now, I mean, we're not going to really know for another year or two, whether they're the real deal, whether they're, they're good enough. Right. Um, but certainly, you know, whatever, whatever you expected, I, I think Michigan with the new staff, they're hitting it. I would say they're hitting it out, out of the park at this point. Um, there's a lot more work to do, obviously, especially from a coaching perspective, but yeah, so far so good. And, and we've talked a little bit about this before, but the linguist, is uh, connections in in, the, in Texas and being a, a Texas native and having coached uh, at Texas A&M, having coached for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, I spoke with a, a high school coach um, in, in Texas uh, this week, and he, he he raved about linguist's ability to to just connect with these kids and, and just the, the cachet he kind of carries in the state is, is really impressive. I mean, Texas football, high school football is a little bit different than than some other places. I mean, it, it's it's a fraternity and uh, and you have to do a lot to win these kids and, and coaches over. And it looks like the linguist kind of has that mold to, to be able to do that. I mean, he's a young guy. He has some experience. And, and what impressed the, the coach I talked to the most um, was just like, I mean, he's still learning. He's talking football all the time with, with coaches and these kids. And it, it seems like he doesn't think it'll be long before there's a, there's a little bit of a pipeline from Michigan to or Texas to Ann Arbor, but it will be tough. I mean, there's, there's Texas there, there's Texas A&M, there's Texas tech. And then the, the, a lot of the, the Southern schools like to go into Texas too. I mean, there's a lot of talent there, but a lot of competition, Ohio state's gone in there and landed some, some big names. So Michigan will have its, its hands full to try and land a few of these guys. But um, I think they, they have the right guy and linguist to maybe win a few of these battles. I didn't even, uh, you didn't even mention uh, TCU. Yeah, TCU, yeah, TCU, yeah. Texas State, Rice, North yeah, Texas, ba- Houston, Baylor, 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 yeah, UTSA. There you okay. go. Okay. <laughs> UTEP. Hey, you you UTEP. Yeah. I think we hit them all. SMU. Yeah, yeah there's, 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 <laughs> I mean, there's, there's, there's high school talent all about. There's a ton of <laughs> Division One programs. There's just, there's just a lot of football. It's, it's a football-rich state. Um, when you hire a coach at the college level. Unlike, say, in the pros, where there's only two things that matter, I guess, player development, and maybe even that's not that big a deal, and your kind of X's and O's acumen. The third thing, of course, in college is your recruiting prowess. Remind me, I'm sure you touched on it when the hire was made, and you just talked about the pipeline, but is it evident that Tarbaugh made those hires with that third third element recruiting in mind with with not just linguists, but the whole staff? I, I think there's no no question about it. I mean, I, and I don't think it, I think it rings true 
more so on the offensive side of the ball, where he moved on from Ed Warner, who I think was probably his best talent developer, especially on that side of the ball. And he, he replaced him with probably Michigan's top recruiter, Sharon Moore, and added Ron Bellamy, who is noted, you know, a noted high school coach in the state of Michigan. So I, I think there's no question about it. I think I think Jim realized that they need to take a step forward with recruiting. Now he may not say that publicly. He'll get asked mm-hmm. when we talk to him for the first time, whenever that is. And he'll probably sidestep the question or say he likes the, their, their individual traits or whatever. But I, I think there's no question that, that recruiting was first and foremost in putting together this new staff because Jim realizes he, while he's recruited pre- relatively well, if you look at the, the scope of the recruiting classes and the rankings and everything else since he's gotten here, and they've been top 15 pretty much almost every year, top 10 in some cases. But it's about getting that elite level talent, that five-star talent consistently to compete with Ohio States. And they just they've been able to do that. And I, I think if anything, you know, adding some of these guys puts him in a better position. It is a little bit risky to get rid of the the one coach in Ned Warner who was able to take the not five-star and four-star guys and turn them into solid players at the college level too. So yeah, that was the one move that that kind of surprised me, but I, I get kind of where they're coming from and, uh, and trying to uh, beef up their recruiting efforts. But yeah, I mean, you, you can't deny what Ed Warner was able to do here in his couple of years at Michigan and, and develop some of these, alignment into into nfl uh, prospects as well so we'll, we'll see if that if that backfires or pays off yeah i'm glad you brought that up Aaron, because i've been meaning to ask you even even off air if you will about the warner move because it surprised me too it's no no surprise that he landed elsewhere yes didn't he already yeah he's uh reporting that officially as far as yeah. i know but yeah reportedly heading to florida atlantic uh not surprised uh given the, the coaching ties down there Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I was I was surprised to see Mich- Harp Jim move on from him. Uh, you know, Ed's a guy that's been around a while. Uh, he knows how to run an offense. He's got that kind of develop talent development acumen. You know, I don't think he's a, a home run level recruiter, and I don't think he he would admit to that. Um, but he can identify guys and and develop them, and that was something we saw the last few years since he's got here. So to see Jim move on from him was was a bit surprising. His contract was up. But like, like I said, I think there were, there are ulterior motives there. I don't think it was personal. I think it was more of just a professional move. And we've seen Jim done, do that in the past and move on from coaches he's gotten close with and he appreciates and some that were his friends. But, you know, if, if there's one thing Jim Harbaugh can't be criticized for, it's his willingness to change and, and put folks in, and move on from folks. You know, I can't tell you how many times we heard Jim compliment Don Brown over the last few years about being one of the best assistant coaches he's ever worked for. And I, I generally think he, he meant that I, I do. Um, but when he, but Jim also stood back and looked in the mirror and re- recognized that changes need to be made. And, and he did it uh, a lot more on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, I'm curious to see how they work out so far. So good. Like we said, from recruiting, uh, but we'll, we'll see where it goes. All right. Well, I mean, I think we brought you up to speed on what we promised uh, in the in the intro. A uh, little bonus uh, news here, I guess. You've got the women's basketball team returning to action tonight. Uh, the men's basketball team is not. Uh, they're waiting till Sunday, which uh, I don't know. Make of that what you will. But bottom line is, <laughs> the Michigan athletic department is is open for business again, and uh, some of the teams are. Many of the teams have returned to practice and some, you know, returning to games. Uh, Hockey Saturday and Sunday, too. There you go. And the women are on Big Ten Network, I see, as well. Six o'clock Eastern time tip at Purdue. Yeah, women like the men, you know, kind of trying to pick up where they left off, uh, you know, near or at, at the top of the Big Ten. So stay tuned for that. Thank you for listening to this episode of Wolverine Confidential Podcast. 